Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Chestnut English Podcast. It's me, your host, Chestnut. So after a three months or maybe longer hiatus, after a three months or longer break, I am back on October 31st. October 31st is Halloween. Do you know what Halloween is? Hopefully you do. Uh, well, we're, that's what we're going to be talking about today. And when I think of Halloween, I think of pranks, pumpkins, costumes, and trick-or-treating. Japan definitely doesn't have trick-or-treating. And Japan, I don't actually know if Japan actually carves pumpkins like the U.S. does, but it's kind of like a Halloween cultural thing. Uh, actually, if I think about it, uh, at Sushiro, <laughs> uh, at a sushi place in, in Japan, they have a kabocha koroke. It's like a, a pumpkin croquette. It's like a deep-fried like pumpkin thing. That thing's really good. It's a kikan gente. It's a limited edition item at Sushiro. Uh, and I think it's going to be gone pretty soon, but it's still going on now. Uh, we'll see how long into November it goes on. But uh, yeah, trick-or-treating, that's, that's a big difference. Trick-or-treating, they don't do that in Japan. They might not even know what it is. Maybe they've seen it on TV. Maybe they've heard of the word trick-or-treat, but they don't actually know what it is. So that's what Chestnut English Podcast is going to explain for you. What is trick-or-treating? Trick-or-treating is when kids go to a stranger's door, knock on the door, and say, trick-or-treat. You don't say hi. You don't say hello. You don't say excuse me. You say trick-or-treat. And that's that's the only thing you say. You don't even have to say thank you after the interaction. But uh, yeah, the person who opens the door, they give candy to the kids. And uh, usually you look at the kid's costume and you go, oh, wow, that looks really cute or something like that. And uh, usually the kids, they don't want to hear that because they just want the candy. They want to move on to the next place. Trick-or-treating is like a game. The kids got to get as much candy as they can, and they got to get the best candy. And for me, let me tell you about the highlight of my trick-or-treating career, okay? The best candy I ever got from trick-or-treating was not candy. It was Doritos. There was these small Halloween-themed packs of nacho cheese Doritos. Mm, that was wonderful. But I only got a little bit of them. And then also all the other candy that I got, I didn't really eat it. I just threw it away because most of the candy was quite terrible. Uh, but anyways, that is trick-or-treating, and uh, I actually have a lot of fond memories from trick-or-treating, uh, and uh, for example, it's when people look at me and think, aren't you too old to be trick-or-treating? So I remember trick-or-treating with, you know, I have a, I have a younger sibling, and then um, my younger sibling is seven years younger, so, you know, really cute, and then there's me, and I'm a teenager, and teenagers, when you have pimples, and when you're feeling awkward, when you're socially awkward, maybe you got bullied in school, uh, and then, you know, you go, trick or treat. And that's what the kid says. And then you say, trick or treat, because your voice is changing when you're a teenager. And then people go, oh, yeah, here's some candy for you. And, ooh, you seem a little bit, oh, I remember getting those looks. And so eventually I got a lot of looks. And then I stopped. This is probably when I was like, what, like, I don't know, 15 or something like that. Uh, and then so I became like a, like a, I, I got a different role during Halloween. I wasn't trick or treating. I got trick or treated. So our family would buy candy, and we have the candy ready to give to kids. And then when kids come, then I go give them candy. And uh, yeah, well, uh, my my parents were also home, but you know, they, for some reason, it was just it was me that did the handling of the trick or treating. Uh, but but let me also tell you, you might be thinking, well, maybe I don't want kids to come to my door on Halloween. Okay, I don't want people to ping pong. I don't want them to come ring my doorbell because I don't want to give them candy. Maybe I don't have candy. Maybe I don't want to talk to people. Uh, well, there's also a special culture for you. 
for those people who don't want to do that. You just leave the candy outside in a basket, and then the kids just take it themselves. That's also fine, too. And I knew this, okay? Back then, I'm like, what, 15? I'm a genius, okay? I have a great idea. I thought, I'm going to scare little kids. I love scaring little kids. So, uh, well, I'm, karma's going to get to me later, I, I promise you. So you, you, you have fun with me here, and then, uh, and then we can take revenge on 15-year-old me together. So I got this costume, right? And it's like a full-body skeleton costume. And you can't see, like, any bit of my skin. I'm completely covered. So I pretended to be a statue outside on my porch holding a basket of candy. You know, a lot of people have decorations for Halloween. They've got fake spiders. They've got fake spider webs. And then there's, there's just fake skeletons sometimes. And then there's fake statues sometimes. That's me. I'm a fake statue. I look like a statue. I look like a skeleton. But actually, I'm a human. And I'm watching them. I'm watching them take candy from my basket. But my basket, I wrote... With a Sharpie and paper, I wrote a sign with a black marker and paper. And it says, Happy Halloween, trick or treat, take one. And then in very small font, it says, or else. Okay, so or, or else, you know, this phrase means, you know, probably something. It implies that something really bad is going to happen. Uh, but, you know, nothing really bad. I'm not going to, like, beat up the kids. I'm just going to scare them. So then the kids that come... Every now and then you have these kids, and kids when they read, also, you know, for, for me when I read Japanese, I have to read it really slowly, and I actually say it out loud as I read it, because it needs to, and I need to process in my brain a sound before I really fully understand it. Uh, so then the kids, they read it, say, Happy Halloween, tweak or tweet, take one, and then they don't see the small font that says or else. And then a lot of kids, you know, they read it and then they're like, oh, okay, I'll follow the instructions. And they only take one. Nothing happens. I don't do anything. I just stand there like a statue. But then every now and then you have a kid that says it. Tweet, tweet or tweet, take one. And then they just take their whole hand and go, and they, they grab a whole bunch. And then that's, that's when I'm the most happiest because that's when I can punish them. And then I just stand up and go, rah! <laughs> And then, uh, and then they they always get so scared, and they just they run back to their parents, and then and then always it's me and the parents laughing at the kids. Okay, when parents see their own kids get scared, I don't know why it's just always funny, uh, and it's fun for me because I scared them. Uh, but then you, you know you might be thinking, oh Chestnut, you're really evil. How could you scare little kids like that? Uh, well, you know, no kids cried. Usually they're just very shocked. It's a like jump scare. A jump scare is just when you're very shocked, but you're not really that scared afterwards. You're just like, oh, bikurisareta. Like, I got surprised. But then, actually, yeah, karma really got to me because I stood out, like, you know, all day holding that candy thing for hours and then randomly screaming, like, brah. And then so that was really bad for my throat. Uh, and it was cold. So I ended up getting sick for maybe a couple days after that. Uh, so you could say that uh, karma got to me. Revenge sareta. Um, anyway, so now, um, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to read to you this story, uh, and this story I found online, it's by a guy named Dark Alligator, but, uh, his story, it was, I think it was a pretty good story, but it uses some words that are probably a little bit hard for English beginners to understand, so I rewrote the story to be a little bit easier, and I use easier words, uh, so I'm going to read it for you, and you'll notice that my pronunciation and my, uh, tone and stuff changes, so you can hear what it's like to, 
to narrate. You can, you can hear what it's like when I narrate something. Anyways, here we go. Once upon a time. Actually, it, it, sorry, not once upon a time. It doesn't. That's just how I start stories. Uh, anyways, here we go. He woke up, and to his surprise, big giant insects were watching him sleep. He screamed. The bugs heard his scream and immediately fled the room. He was all alone again. It must have been just a dream. He went back to sleep. The next morning, there was a tap on the door. Although he was scared, he gathered the courage to open the door. He found a nice, beautiful plate of fried breakfast on the floor. He poked his head out and saw the giant insect that had put the plate there. The insect politely bowed towards him and then proceeded to back away and turn around the corner. This wonderful breakfast service continued for weeks. At first, he was worried they were just fattening him up to eat him, but after a particularly greasy breakfast left him uncomfortable, the next meal was fresh fruit. The insects not only cooked for him, but also poured him nice hot baths and sometimes even tucked him into bed. It was bizarre. One day, he woke up to gunshots. Bang, bang. He ran downstairs. There, he saw a decapitated burglar being devoured by the insects. The robber's head was nowhere to be found. It was awful, but he knew that they were just protecting him. He disposed of the remains as far uh, <laughs> he disposed of the remains as best he could. If the insects wanted to eat him, they probably would have done it long ago. He thought to himself. One day, he felt a little sick. Many insects gathered around his bed to tend to him, and when he tried to walk downstairs to check his medicine cabinet, the insects gently ushered him back to bed. Whatever their intentions are, he trusted them. They weren't going to hurt him. Hours later, he felt a burning pain throughout his body, especially his stomach. The insects chattered frantically as he moaned. Then he felt something squirming beneath his skin. That was when he knew the insects weren't protecting him. They were protecting their young. The end. This is Guardians by Dark Alligator, rewritten by, by Chestnut. All right, so what did you think? Did you understand the story? Um, you've basically, you've got this, you've got a kid. I'm Maybe a kid. Okay, maybe an adult. I don't know. But the main character is being taken care of by insects. Uh, and they do a lot of nice things for him. Like they cook for him. They give him baths. Uh, and then they also tuck him into bed. Uh, but then he realizes one day, oh, they're not protecting me. I have this pain in my stomach. The bugs' babies are in my stomach. So they're actually just protecting their babies. And it's like, oh, a big shock. That's, that's the scary story. Ooh, scary. じゃあ、主人公の面倒を見てくれるじゃなくて、主人公のお腹に虫たちの子供がいる。いるから、その虫たちはただ自分の子供を世話してた。ショック。うん、the did you feel scared? Did you even enjoy this kind of story? Like, do you enjoy horror stories? Why do humans even enjoy horror? So actually, this is a question that I actually I looked up earlier today. Uh, and there's two main reasons why humans enjoy horrors, horror stories. Okay, so uh, horror, watch out for this pronunciation, okay? There's, there's two different words that I'm going to say. One is horror, H-O-R-R-O-R, -R -R, horror. 
that's the theme of Halloween. It's scary, like a horror movie or horror. And then there's whore. So whore is a bad word. That's what you call someone who, uh, I'm not sure if I should be, yeah, it's fine. This this uh, podcast is not for kids anyways. But uh, a whore is, I guess, the image of, not an image, but usually called, usually you call it to women. And it's for women who have a lot of sex or it's for women who, are prostitutes like sex is their job and they have sex for money so so when people say horror you know it's okay because it, it sounds really close to both even native english speakers will will uh confuse the both so so don't worry too much about that uh anyways easier to remember the word horror uh so anyways why do humans enjoy horror uh there's two main reasons okay one is and this is uh backed by academics okay not got academics quotation marks um uh, one is the adrenaline rush. So adrenaline rush is when uh, something really exciting happens uh, and you doki doki, your heart gets racing, maybe skydiving, or maybe you do some kind of really big snowboarding jump, uh, or you watch a really scary movie and you feel scared. That's an adrenaline rush. Uh, kind of like going on a roller coaster too. That's also adrenaline rush. Uh, and then the main reason number two why people like horror is its preparation. Okay, so... Well, what do you mean preparation? Well, preparation in that you get to experience something that's scary, but you're doing it in a safe environment, so it's practice. Okay, so if in a horror movie, you know, some some ghost is killing some guy, oh no, it's very scary. But for me, we're sitting on the couch, we're eating popcorn, we're watching TV, it's safe for us, and we get to study for the future, so it's preparation. Uh, these are the two main reasons why people enjoy horror. Yeah, dude. But but for me, I don't really get scared from horror movies. And I remember the last time I got scared from a horror movie, I was probably like eight years old. And then I watched some horror movie. I don't even remember what horror movie, but it was back when I lived in Oklahoma. And I I have this habit of when I sleep where I basically reach my hand out and just kind of hang it out on the side of my, my bed. I have like a small little bed for kids. And then... Uh, you know, I like to swing my arm around at night or something, and sometimes I bring it back in if it gets cold. But after I watched the horror movie, for some reason, I thought, I can't stick my hand out. If I stick my hand out, it's going to be close to the bottom of the bed. The bottom of the bed is dark, okay, because it's it's under the bed is always dark. And, you know, maybe a monster is there, and the monster is going to reach out and grab my hand, and then I'm going to die. <laughs> but if I don't put my hand out, if I leave it underneath the covers, if I stay in bed safe in the warmth, then the monster can't get to me, probably. Uh, but I remember that's the last time that I really felt scared from a horror movie. Um, and then actually, you know, earlier today, I also looked this up too. Uh, and I looked up like people who aren't scared from horror movies. And then uh, there's also another, well, this one's not backed by scientific evidence. There's no research or anything, but it's just based on a couple comments that I saw on Reddit of what people say online and Quora and stuff like that. And uh, one person uh, gave a pretty long answer, and it says something like, yeah, I don't really get scared from horror movies because it's just not real enough. Uh, when I watch the movie, even if it's a great movie, even if it's a really interesting movie and I'm very invested in the characters, I still know that it's entertainment. It's still fake. It's not my life. So when something really bad happens on the screen, it sucks for the characters, but it doesn't suck for me because it's fake. So it's okay. So it's not scary. 
And so there's that reason. So I think that one probably applies to me. And then there's another one that I found on Reddit that says, uh, anyone who says they don't get scared from horror movies, they are just insecure. <laughs> and so I thought, oh, okay. So, you know, I think what the person's getting at is the people who say they don't get scared from horror movies, uh, they don't want to admit that they feel scared. And that would be embarrassing if you admit weakness. You don't want to show that you're weak. So then they, they, uh, so some person on Reddit said, yeah, yeah the, anyone who, who, who says they're not scared of horror movies is just insecure. Uh, and then I thought, oh yeah, maybe I'm insecure, but, but I can prove to you that I'm not insecure. So the last bit of this episode here, what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you a story that proves I'm not insecure. I'm going to tell you a story about when I was truly scared. Okay. Uh, and there's like small scares, you know, like for example, let's say I invest in some stocks and then the stocks go down in price and I think, oh no, I'm, I don't, I lost some money. Yeah, I feel scared. I don't want the stocks to go down, but I felt truly scared, like truly scared for my life. Uh, there's not that many stories that I have about this and I'll tell you one of them. Okay, so we'll hop in a time machine and fly back about nine years, nine years, 10 years. Anyways, I'm a, I'm a college student, okay? And I went to college in a place that's not that safe. <laughs> so, but I mean, it's not, it's not super unsafe, but it's next to a, a, a quite an unsafe area, the place with the highest crime rate in California. Uh, but uh, anyways, uh, I have a friend group. Well, I had a friend group of maybe four or five people, I think. Uh, and we used to hang out a lot in college because we used to live together. Uh, but then eventually we moved away. And then... One of those people, uh, li- I, 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 this, in this situation, okay, one of those people lives on the south side of campus, okay? And then I live on the north side of campus. Uh, wait, I think it was the northwest. Uh, yeah, that's probably sophomore year. Anyways, uh, so this one friend that lives on the south side, on the south side of campus, she is really good at tripping, okay? So just normally walking on flat ground, and she is somehow able to manage to trip herself and fall in and stuff like that so that's what she's famous for so her friends know know her for tripping all her family knows her for tripping a lot so she has a habit where uh when (laughs) well i mean it's not a habit i think it's just a a good thing to do but late at night you know don't walk home alone late at night so because we're all hanging out on on the near my apartment uh uh, then we got to walk her back to her apartment so so you know i'm walking her back and then the walk back was fine. Okay, there's there's no issue. We just chat, we hang out, and then after she goes back, say goodbye, and then I walk back. But actually, yeah, that problem is not solved there, you know, because she doesn't walk back alone, but then I walk back alone. But maybe it's okay because I'm a boy. Uh, but this is when I was actually scared for my life. I was walking back, and I saw a bald guy. There was a bald guy. I'm not scared of bald people, okay? Bald people have a great image. Like monks, you know, they're really nice. Uh, they don't say bad words like bald people they they also seem really strong you know like one punch man seems really strong but actually the bald guy that i saw he was really tall he's like way taller than me and he's got this giant gray hoodie and sweatpants it's like the perfect outfit to go rob something like, like these kinds of classic outfits like the, these are the kind of outfits that you see on on the news when someone's like oh this guy went to walmart and stole 20 pounds of dino nuggets or something like that uh, but anyways, I saw this kind of special outfit bald guy. And I'm like, okay, it's fine. I've walked past plenty of homeless before. There's no problem. So I started walking past, walking past, no issues. And then I realized that the dude 
actually started following me. Okay, so he's like maybe 10 steps behind me. And then he is also walking the same direction. I'm like, okay, maybe this guy's got to go back home. Maybe he lives close to where I live. And so I'm walking through the, the campus. Uh, and the dude is walking also behind me and consistently like 10 steps away. And I, I can walk pretty fast. So I started walking faster. And then he starts walking faster. And I'm like, oh, shit, this guy definitely probably is like trying to follow me or something. And then so then I started running. Okay, so I, I'm running. And then every now and then I look back and I see the, the dude's also running too. And then, and let me tell you, when you actually feel scared, when you feel really scared, you don't really do things that logically. You, your body kind of has like this autopilot instinct, okay? It's kind of like fight or flight. And uh, in that moment, it's flight. I'm not about to fight a, a giant bald dude. He's probably like six foot seven. This dude's massive. Anyways, and then halfway through the trip home, I stopped looking back. I was just running, okay? And this is not like casual jogging, like, oh, let's take a stroll through the campus and appreciate the nature. This is like, I got to run at a solid pace that I can keep up. And if I'm not able to keep it up, this baldy is going to grab me, throw me on the ground, you know, punch my face in, take all my money and maybe stomp me to death and then leave. And I don't want to die. I want to keep living. So then I just kept running. I kept running. I don't know how far he followed me. But after halfway, halfway through the campus, he I I don't know. I don't know. And then eventually I made it home. You know, I'm panting <laughs> and I look, look around and I don't see the dude. And I remember thinking, like, this is kind of scary. When when you just exited a scary situation, it's still scary because, like, you know, you don't want the dude to be like, pop, bam, I was behind the tree trunk. Now I'm going to rob you and you're going to die. You don't want that. You don't want that. But then I thought, okay, well, if I just get in the house, lock the door, it's fine. So I got in the house, I locked the door, and I'm like, okay, from my short little check, he wasn't there. Uh, and then and then after I slept that night, I, I think it was fine because, you know, running is probably a pretty good exercise. But... I remember thinking it's really good to be able to run and escape situations that you don't want to be in. So, you know, my recommendation for anyone who encounters difficult situations, run away. <laughs> well, if you can, if you can, you know, if you see a suspicious person here that's about to rob you, you don't need to fight them. Just run away if you can. And if you're good at running, you never have to fight them. And if you never have to fight them, you never have to lose. That's my recommendation. So if there's anything to take away from Halloween, it's trick-or-treating is about getting candy and run away from, from bald, suspicious-looking guys. All right, so thank you for listening to Chestnut English Podcast.